This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are going to talk about spiritual disciplines. I know. I mean, what more joyous and exciting topic could we pick? We're going to talk about how do you explain spiritual disciplines to your kid. We're going to answer a question about uh, a child who, when he listens to particularly difficult passages in Scripture, he hides. And how do we help our children cope with all the big emotions that happen in Scripture? And we're going to listen to uh, a dad panel from uh, the fantastic organization Color and Shape. Uh, we've listened to a little segment from their conversation before and we're going to jump back into them uh, because uh, we just love listening to a bunch of dads talking about spiritual parenting. So that is our day and as usual we will always have a question to start an interesting conversation with your child. But first, uh, let's jump into our sort of cornerstone uh, idea of spiritual disciplines. Um, so often in Parenting for Faith, what we talk about is how to help your kid go on their connection journey with God. How do we help them find their own voice with God? How do we help them perceive God's communications to them? How do we help them walk their ordinary, everyday lives with God? And so when we come to things like spiritual disciplines, uh, there can become a worry of if we're so busy saying, you know, just do ordinary everyday life with God. And then we bring in something like spiritual disciplines, we can feel like it's a bit hard to explain what that's like. And I just wanted to address this because I think it's really important that we feel comfortable and competent, confident and competent, I guess, to talk about these things with our kids because it is important for them in their faith journey. So first of all, what do we mean by spiritual spiritual disciplines. Um, for me, I've, I am no deep spiritual discipline theologian, but uh, based on my research, uh, many people, the consensus is that their practices and habits of experiencing Christianity, they are things that we do in our lives, that we discipline ourselves. We say, this is what I'm going to do. It's a behavior. It's an action that I am going to do to help me develop into who I'm called to be and to help me create a life with God that I want. It's a, a, a habit or a pattern of behavior that we train ourselves in. First uh, Timothy 4, 78 talks about training ourselves for godly, godliness. This isn't about gifts or things we like or, you know, this sort of fuzziness. This is our choice. Things that we choose to do that we can see in scripture helps us go on a journey with God. Now, there's no real consensus of what the exact list is. I, I don't think scripture just lists, you know, hey, these are the six spiritual disciplines that you need to do. And so uh, many people have different lists, but it includes things like studying the Bible, prayer, fasting, uh, confession, worship, fellowship, uh, celebration, generosity, things like that. This choices that we do, meditating on the word, thankfulness, uh, behaviors and actions that we want to put into place to do that. And I think sometimes we shy away from this idea of spiritual disciplines because we don't want our children to feel trapped into a faith being a series of shoulds. 
or that faith becomes things to succeed and fail at. It becomes a performance. And so sometimes we, we stray away from this idea of spiritual discipline, these habits and actions, because we don't want faith to become tick boxes. We don't want faith to become uh, uh, chores that we're supposed to do. And I think it's really important that we reframe it for ourselves and we reframe it for our kids of what spiritual disciplines actually are and, and help guide them in picking up them for themselves. For me, I often liken it to a habit that produces growth and fruit in my life. We see so many spiritual disciplines in scripture because it helps us grow and be shaped into who we are supposed to be. And I have lots of other habits like that in my life. Uh, So for instance, I've started learning guitar uh, because and it's discipline. I have I have a little app, my habit tracking app on my phone, because I knew that in my life I was beginning to feel overwhelmed and I need a break, a total different break for myself. And one of the ways I get a break is to learn something new. I love learning. And so I was told myself, I'm going to to stop this overwhelmed feeling, I am going to learn guitar. And every day I'm going to do at least a half hour of it. And I discipline myself to sit down and do it. And the fruit in my life is huge. Um, My husband says that, you know, I really have changed since I started this. I find joy quicker. I am more peaceful when I transition out of work. I, it really helps me when I'm trying to transition uh, in and out. Now I can just pick it up and play a song or learn something or work on a few chords. And it like snaps for me into a, a different phase of joy and delight and peace. And it's a discipline that produce a mass amount of fruit in my personal growth, in my mental health, in my spiritual walk too, because sometimes I'll play worship and it just is this great discipline that shapes me into more and more of who I want to be and who God has called me into being. And that's just a, that's not a spiritual discipline. That's just a plain old discipline. But God has, has talked about in his scripture, spiritual disciplines, things that we can do that based on how he created us to be. When we do these things, there will be fruit in our lives in how we feel and how we perceive the world and how we are shaped into being more godly people, into how we perceive him and walk with him. There are these spiritual disciplines that bear real fruit. And he wanted to tell us about these Because if we're going to walk a life full of faith and joy to the fullness that he has given us, then we may need to pick up, well, we do need to pick up some of these disciplines that get us in the habit of being and growing. And so some of the spiritual disciplines are about training us for life with God to the fullness. It's not a should, it's not a tick box that we have to do all these things. And if we don't, then we're a failure and God's mad at us. It isn't this burden upon our shoulders. It is the life hacks that God has created to say, when you do this, there will be fruit in your life. When you do this, you will see me better. You will walk with more faith. You will experience more joy. And so for instance, when we, God says that to study scripture and to meditate on his word, that isn't just a behavior that we're supposed to do so that he can smile at us. When we chew on scripture, when we pick a verse and think about it and talk about it and ponder it when we're walking along the road, 
it teaches us really deep things about who God is and how we interact with him and what we can cling to when we're sad and when we're joyful, when we celebrate, when we're worried. When we put God's words in our heart, it transforms the way our heart works. And when we talk to our kids about this, then we're saying we are going to put a verse on the wall or we're going to memorize one altogether. Or we're going to listen to this Bible verse song in the car because I want to have the discipline of writing God's words on my heart because that's how I want my heart to respond when I get scared with faith and trust, not with fear and worry. And we can explain these things beautifully. And you as parents can talk about the difference these disciplines make in your life. Whether it's listening to sermons, whether it's worshiping in the car, um, whatever your spiritual disciplines are of what habits you have found that help you crawl close to God and be shaped by him. Those are the spiritual disciplines we can talk about and say, I choose to do this because it makes a difference in my life. And I, it looks like this. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's great. And sometimes I deeply want it. And sometimes it takes a lot of choice, but I'm glad I do because this is what shapes me. And so to talk about these things, whether it's fasting, whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's generosity, if we can frame for our children spiritual disciplines in that way of, of wonderful patterns of relationship, I discipline myself to play video games with my kid because we connect that way. We delight that way. We go on an adventure together and I love it. It helps me prioritize and draw close to my kid. It's the discipline in my relationship. And you will have disciplines in your relationship with your child, whether it's disciplining yourself to go kiss them every night. Um, there are so many ways that you can frame for your kid. I discipline myself in my relationship with my friends, in my relationship with you. And I want to have disciplines of my life that cause real fruitfulness and connection between me and God. And that's what it looks like for me. What might that look like for you? So just feel free to explore those ideas that they are all tied together in this wonderful journey we have with God. For the question section today, I was uh, recently running a Parenting for Faith course, and we had some great questions come in. And so uh, we just snagged some of the audio of when I was running this course to, to give my answer. So this is the question that was asked. Uh, if you have a question, please do write in through the Contact Us section of the website. Feel free to message us on Facebook. Uh, whatever you want to get in touch, please do, because we'd love to hear from you and to answer your questions. This question is... When we talk to, well, sorry, when we talk about a part of the Bible, like the fall, Jesus's death, or the Easter story, my child hides. He doesn't want to talk about it or know about it, even though he knows it's not the end of the story. How do we encourage him and engage with him when he's struggling with those aspects of the Bible that he doesn't like hearing? Here was my response. It's really interesting um, there are a thousand different reasons why he may be hiding. And sometimes that can be really helpful to dig out. And, and so you may just want to dig that because I know some kids hide because they just love God so much that it makes them really sad. Sometimes they hide because it's just hard for them to comprehend and they don't like it. Sometimes kids hide because they're, they feel shame of those choices and it makes them feel bad and they sort of are convicted on that. And those are all very different paths. And so sometimes it's about um, sort of digging out. I don't know how, how old the child is, but sometimes it's really helpful to dig out. Um, you know, when you hide, 
is that because um, if I stopped, what would you feel? If we stopped the story, what would you feel? Relieved, um, it could be, or, um, oh, this story makes me feel, this story makes me feel really sad that I choose this way too. And I'm so glad I don't have to feel sad about it. When you hear the story, what do you feel inside? And actually exploring that, because I think sometimes it's just their bodies acting out what's going on in them. And sometimes that's a really really genuine response to, to scripture. There are times where I read scripture and I want to hide from God too. And that's good. So we're here to process when you hear scripture, God's poking our hearts and we, we deal with those emotions. And so what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And often I start from my perspective. When I read this, I feel this. Do you feel more like that? Or do you feel sometimes just embarrassed that you make choices like that too? And we begin to have these conversations, normalizing emotional responses to scripture um, can be helpful. wildcard section today, we are jumping back into uh, another organization's podcast, The Color and Shape organization. They gathered together a, a bunch of dads to talk about spiritual parenting. And uh, this question is is really about um, how has becoming a father affected our own spirituality? And so we just wanted to listen into a bunch of dads talking about faith and spiritual parenting. I guess that, yeah, the next question I wanted to ask was, how's your spirituality changed as a result of fatherhood? My memory is getting worse. worse. I'm, I'm just actually struggling to remember what, what things were like before I became a father, before I got married. And it's a whole life away, isn't it? That's the thing. It's, it's, it's literally another existence, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think um, it's you, 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 the role has expanded. I mean, it, it, it sounds probably quite obvious when you, when you say it out loud, but. That the, the role has the role expands. You know, you, your I guess who you're called to love and how you're called to love and um, prayer as well. Like the things that you need to pray for and the things you need to think about. There's I guess it's almost like you know there's been a whole a whole another set of rooms or you know another big room has been unlocked. That actually, that's now there's there's a whole other things in there that you have to think about and um, and and consider. Um, but it's it's also a privilege, right? Like um, uh, so I've I've got a, come from a little bit of a charismatic background and um and I yeah it's 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 great just to be able to pray into the kids' future and to to pray for the yeah a great relationship with Jesus and His angels and saints and um to pray for their future friendships and their um and their um yeah their their future decisions and and that's um that's quite nice I mean I I can't I yeah obviously the, the results won't come out <laughs> anytime soon um. But that's that's a prayer you can kind of you drop in the prayer bucket for them, or you drop it in the pool for them, and and just keep filling that that pool up for them. So that that's quite neat. Um, when I think about the kind of impact fatherhood's made on my spirituality, one the first thing that kind of comes to mind is um, discernment. So when you're you're discerning things prior to having a family, it's very you centered. What does God want me to do? Where does He want me to go? Et cetera, et cetera. Whereas when you're discerning now with kind of wife and children, the knock-on effects of any decisions you make are vast, aren't they? Like the not the knock-on effects you have to consider of right if I, you know, if I think God is calling me to change job, you know, X, Y, Z, the the people that decision now affects is is, is very very different. So I think that kind of image of Saint Joseph fleeing to Egypt, you know, all you know number of things in the early life of jesus the 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 courage 
that those kind of decisions make to, would have taken to make are, are, are huge, aren't they? I don't know if there's something in the male psyche or maybe just me, but <laughs> I think women have that nine months of preparation. I think women get their heads into the headspace often a little bit sooner into the, right, we're going to have family, you're going to settle down. And, um, and they have nine months of, it's not that we're not aware of what's going on, but it's not in your every thinking waking moment. And so there is this, there's a little bit of a, uh, a train crash of like, oh my goodness, <laughs> suddenly I'm a father now. Um, it does kind of kind of hit you pretty suddenly. You know, I, I had a few clues what was going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> but then it's like, oh my goodness. And then there's this slight rushing round. Once, once you've got your head around the first couple of weeks or months or whatever, there's this rushing round of like, not rushing round, but um, thinking now I need to have the answers because i got to set up. I've got to set up the routines and everything that I grew up with um, and have some of the answers just for myself so that I can pass them on. And and there's this kind of sudden, I I need to have worked some of this stuff out. I mean, you've got a bit of time. You don't get lots of deep questions for the first couple of years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the thing that's changed is, it gives this urgency of, you know, it's, it's fine, obviously, not to have the answer to everything. You're not going to have the answer to everything. But to just put you in a different frame. Um, and I, I can't exactly put my finger on when it happened. Um, when is it that I changed from thinking, I, I kind of, not I have answers to things, but I know I'm, I'm in the position of I should have answers to things at least. That's kind of like being a teacher a little bit as well, isn't it? Um, you, you know, you kind of get used to those first few lessons you do. You think, I, I don't know. I never really understood this when I was going through it. And now you're supposed to give the answer to the kids. And it, it, that kind of changes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's the biggest thing that's changed, is it? Yeah, that, that responsibility. A couple of things that changed. I mean, yes to everything that everyone said. Um, I think the first thing that, that I really, that I found very difficult was... Um, because because I've been quite shaped it by Benedictine spirituality and so actually having a regular pattern and a rhythm of prayer and mm. and that rhythm and pattern of prayer was basically entirely up to me to to keep like if I if I went to bed late and lay in then that that would throw my pattern out but okay I could choose not to and then suddenly once children arrive and then you're up at all times of the night. Um, our little one didn't, our first one didn't really sleep for the first six months. So, um, you know, sometimes surviving, going going to work on two to three hours sleep the previous night. Um, uh, and and so I just suddenly, and so suddenly all of my, all of my routines just got completely obliterated. Um, and, yeah, and trying to, trying to hold on to, onto that, uh, if you like that flight path of of a, of a pattern of prayer and keeping that going, um, yeah. And so even now, it's I spend ninety nine percent of the time off that flight path. <laughs> I know that that's what I want, <laughs> and I know that that's what I need, and that's what I you know I'm kind of wired. I've I've become the pattern um, that I've developed. Yeah, but I just don't have the I don't have the luxury of being able to spend half an hour every single day, even though that's what I'm trying to do. 
for having you know, even just half an hour every day and just praying properly. Um, but but in terms of like actual intercession for the children um, and also for my wife, um, you know, one of the things I do is every night before when I go to bed, um, I'll actually just go into their room and just be praying for them um, as they sleep um, and praying for their future. And yeah, if there's something that's happened in that day that I know they found difficult um, or or anything like that, then I'll pray specifically um, for them for that, that it won't impact them in a negative way or pray for their protection. And, yeah, and as you were saying, that praying for their futures as well. And always, and always just trying to do that with a, with a listening heart. So again, perhaps you know, learning from St. Joseph, the mm. I listen and wait for the inspiration in order to then go, okay, this is how I need to pray for <coughs> this daughter this evening. And also, I think the other thing that's changed is I had the luxury previously of sitting in a room on my own to pray. <laughs> now, even if I'm getting up, even if I somehow managed to get up before everybody else, one of our daughters is, a, is an early riser. And by an early riser, I mean an early riser. Um, and so no matter what time I get up, she will inevitably come in yeah, when I'm trying to pray, and so and so, it's it's quite interesting though because then because she sees me doing it, um, she'll, sometimes she'll just come and sit. Sometimes it'll be, Daddy, can you read me a book? Can you read me a book? Can you read me a book? Can you can we do this? Can we go down? Okay, well, you know, Lord, you created her, so I obviously you don't <laughs> spend time with you today. I need to spend time with her, um, or spend time with you through her. Although I've no, I haven't worked that one out yet. Um, but what's happened is now, now sometimes she just says, oh, I'm just going to go and have some prayer time and just kind of takes her off to the little prayer space we've got in our room. And um, yeah, so it's just interesting seeing that, oh, okay, yeah, you're, you're seeing it modelled. Um, mm. you, you don't really know what I'm doing because I'm just sitting there in silence, but, but you're, trying to, you're trying to imitate it. Um, and it was, it was the thing that, that my wife said last night. She, we, were, we were laughing about the fact that uh, children are hardwired to imitate us to imitate parents in both the good and also unfortunately the bad. Yeah. and you see that when you know when you've got those moments of where things blow up a bit or you really don't model good behavior and then a day or two later they're doing it to their sister and you're going yeah i know where that came from <laughs> <laughs> epic fail i bet st joseph didn't do that <laughs> So yeah, so there's been there's been so many changes, um, but that's the yeah that was the thing that first came to mind with the with the question. And an interesting conversation question starter for you this week is this: If you could snap your fingers and be absolutely in the habit of joyfully doing something, which means that you are used to doing it, it's something that you are comfortable doing, that you sort of do every day without even thinking about it. What is one habit you would really like to have in your connection with God? Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, 
or to find out about training and events near you. 